Welcome to the Courage is a Skill podcast, where we talk to main people about fear. Where has it helped us? Where has it held us back? And what role does fear play in our lives? We are working to demystify fear through the power of conversation and community. Courage is a skill. Let's build it together. This episode is brought to you by Brave Fitness. Brave Fitness is a training system that extends beyond the gym and into other areas of life. We are working to strengthen our bodies and our minds while building a social community like no other. Brave Fitness is a program that we at Courage is a Skill created, and you can find Brave Fitness on the Apple App Store or at courageisaskill.com. We are at Courage is a Skill on Insta and Twitter as well. This episode is also sponsored by Sea Change Yoga. Sea Change Yoga brings scientifically proven trauma-informed yoga and meditation to people unable to access the powerful benefits of this practice. Teaching 24 weekly classes to people in correctional facilities, recovery centers, transitional housing, and also offering free classes to veterans. Because yoga is for everybody, yoga heals, and all people deserve the opportunity to find balance of mind and body. Visit seatchangeyoga.org to learn more. Sea Change Yoga, supporting the healing process for people who have been affected by trauma. This episode of Courage is a Skill features mixed martial arts and Brazilian jiu-jitsu competitor Sean Durfee. Sean not only competes in mixed martial arts and Brazilian jiu-jitsu, he owns Stone Coast BJJ, the only kids-only Brazilian jiu-jitsu training center in the Northeast. Sean has been a personal inspiration to me over the years, and it is a real honor to have him on the show. I hope that you enjoy this conversation as much as I did, and without further ado, here is Sean talking about how he uses fear as a motivator to crush his goals. World, we're rocking awesome. YouTube. We're figuring yeah. it out. We hit the play nice. on the second try this time. <laughs> so yeah. YouTube's going to go real casual. Sure. We are on this. Three. We're rocking. All right, brother. I What's cannot that? tell you what an honor it is yeah, to have on the show. Thank right? you for thinking about me, man. That's awesome. It's really cool. It's really cool. I'm excited to be here, and I'm excited to get into a good conversation about courage, bravery, fear, and what we're doing with it. Dude, yeah. you're one. You know, so I'm, I'm going to open up with a little bit about you. In we're going to talk about like your bio in the intro, sure. But who you are in my life? I sure. remember coming to the academy, uh, mixed martial arts, when I was at this like crossroads in life. Yeah. I was smoking like three packs of top tobacco a day. I must have weighed a hundred pounds more. Yeah. And a friend of mine kept trying to drag me into the academy. He's got to go. You got to go. And you look at all the all of the fear that holds you back. You go, shit, I know i got to go. Right, I know right, this person's right. right. There's no doubt that they're not right. Yeah. But this is scary. I walked in and everybody was like amazing. And cool. they threw me around. Awesome. And they beat me up really good. Yeah. And I remember tapping out just because I was out of shape. Right, of course. And that was a pivotal moment in my life. Nobody had me in any particular hold. I was like, I can't breathe. Yeah. So the dude on top of me was like, what's up? The worst feeling. I was like, I, I quit. Like, I can't, I can't breathe. And I walked yeah. out of there. And it was you and everybody in that environment yeah. who inspired me to get in shape, to get awesome. into training, to get into thinking about all these, it. these things, brother. So yeah, having you on the show means it. the world to cool, it. Really man. Does. Awesome. Well, I appreciate oh. you having me on, man. It's awesome. 
So I, I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about kind of how you, what your journey was like. Yeah. Into MMA, into sure. jiu-jitsu, into where you are now, and then we'll open up and we'll really keep Oh, of about. course, yeah. So um, I was working, um, I've always been an athlete all my life, um, um, mostly because I had to adapt to my situations. Um, I lived in Cumberland, Maine. And Is that then, where you grew up, Cumberland? Uh, for a little while. Yep. Uh, and then I moved south. I moved to the low country of South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, that's where I really had to grasp sports to get in with the in crowd, right. because you didn't want to be an outsider, especially being a, a northerner right, into a right, deep right. southern town. So yeah. I wanted to assimilate pretty quickly. So I grasped on the football, and just followed that all the way through, mm-hmm. and just kept the athletics going. Um, and then, of course, in my early twenties, it kind of just fell apart. <laughs> you know, uh, working in a bar drinking all the time, making poor nutrition decisions, just poor life new decisions in general. Uh, and then one night, this is an abbreviated story because it could go on forever and ever and ever. Um, and then one night, uh, J-Jack moved to town. Um, so you're back in Maine at this point? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Um, so a lot of different transitions and crazy stuff. But I ended up just coming home and I just said, I'm coming back home. Mm-hmm. Nothing really going on. Um, so I was working at uh, at a club in the Old Port, which is a super popular, was a super popular nighttime uh, spot in Portland and started bouncing. And um, I was living, I can't wait to talk about fear with this one because it's yeah, awesome. Because the yeah, bluff yeah, that yeah, people yeah. live yeah. is amazing until you get it called on. Um, and uh, one night this guy came in with big old ears, you know, small guy and... Mm-hmm. I was like, who are you? Because I was that door guy, you know? Right. Like, who are you? He's like, I'm working here. My name's Jay Jack. And I was like, well, what do you do? He's like, ah, you know, like wrestling and that kind of stuff, jiu-jitsu. And the minute I heard, like, jiu-jitsu and, like, wrestling, I thought karate. Because that's what, right, this right. is back yeah, right. 13, 14 years ago mm-hmm. when MMA and jiu-jitsu was brand new, you right, know, to right. the States. Like, it's, it, was, it, it had its roots, but it wasn't popular. It was a fringe thing. Um, and at the end of the night, I kind of was picking on him a little bit, going, hey, karate kid, you know, right. ah, yeah, yeah. And at the end of the night, I scooped him up from behind, and he did this technique that I thought he broke my leg, my face smashed <laughs> off the floor, <laughs> I'm in pain, I'm going, what the hell? And then he's like, hey, I'm opening, you know, I opened a gym up, and I uh, hope you come down. And man, I walked down in that basement, and it went, yep, this is rad. What was that first session like for you? That first jiu-jitsu Horrible. Horrible. Because at that time, I was playing rugby for Portland. Um, Second row. I could move on the field. I had, like, that endurance, you know. And uh, I was like, well, I'll start jiu-jitsu to get in shape for rugby. I think it would be a great off-season thing. Right, right. And, man, that first session, I couldn't even make it through the warm-ups. I puked. Yeah. I had the burning in my gut. And then I trained with uh, Amanda Buckner, who's Jay's wife, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, a prolific MMA fighter, Mm -hmm. great person. Then I trained with another kid, Paul Gorman, uh, another big, a big main name, a New England name. Um, And these guys, these women and men were small. Yeah. I'm like almost 300 pounds. Mm -hmm. And they're whooping my tail. And after that first session, I was like, this is amazing. This is horrible. I got in my car and I went... That sucked, but I need to do it again. Oh, yeah. And then it was just boom, boom. And then I started tailoring 
my work because I work for the DOC for juvenile services. I mm-hmm. started tailing. I I'd miss overtimes to go train. It, it just it, it just it, right? it, it yeah. gets yeah. so it's amazing, amazing you know? Such And amazing. I've now fashioned my life around jujitsu. Yeah. yeah, really, really incredible. Yeah, it's cool, man. What were some of the what, what were some of the things? I mean, from a technical standpoint, that drew you to jujitsu. You had some background in other martial arts. What made you yeah. say? This is the art. Um, I really didn't have a background. I had a I had a background in, in athletics, but not really in martial arts. I, I, I uh, you know, <laughs> when I first started bouncing, um, it was at the uh, the bitter end um, in Portland, okay. uh, a crazy place. And I thought I got hired on, and I was like, all right, I got to watch Roadhouse. Right, right. So I watched Roadhouse, and that was my that was training. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to be the cooler. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I didn't know how to fight. Right. You know, you live right. a you live a huge bluff mm-hmm. as a bouncer if you do not sure. know how to fight yeah yeah and uh, that that was crazy and then i found jiu-jitsu and then it was like oh wait position you mean i could i could put people to sleep and defend myself right and i could fight and i can hold my own and the anxiety of physical contact with somebody that's trying to hurt you mm-hmm. is diminished significantly when you know how to do it properly okay. oh yeah i'm in such an empowerment i'm in because it makes everything else in your life easy. Yeah. Yeah. Tuesday morning, I train a lot of time in the mornings before work, before my busy day. I meet with a bunch of guys and we get after it. And the rest of the day is a cakewalk because no one's trying to. You face a hard thing first. Yeah. Yeah. No one's, cho- no one's choking me on the street. Exactly. No one's trying to take my arm off exactly. or my lungs aren't about to explode mm-hmm. because I'm pushing the pace hard. It's, you know? Yeah. It, it makes everything. It scales everything in your life. Yeah, it, it goes, I can handle it. It's not cool. You know? you know, and you do you do such a killer job, dude, on Instagram of just showing oh. people like, you know what, man, we all have twenty four hours in a day. Yeah. Nobody does not have twenty four hours in a day. Yeah. Get it where you can but get it. You have to. Get it where you can but get it. You have you know? to. And I'm you, really learning really like enough. juggling a couple different businesses mm-hmm. and a couple I, I always wrap myself in these crazy adventures that I have to either train for <laughs> or look forward to, so it takes up time, but I always find time for my family, my friends, and and most definitely myself. Absolutely, yeah. Because if you don't take care of yourself and you're not being disciplined with yourself, it doesn't matter how awesome of a family guy you are, community guy, business guy. If you don't have your health and you don't have you, you have nothing, man. Absolutely. You have nothing. So the transition from actually wanting to compete with others in MMA or BJJ, and you got into the ground, you said, I love this, I can't stay away from it, it's changing me. At what point did you say, man, I want to bring this on competitive? I, it, it was a we, it was a weird journey. It was, it was because I never I never had, and I'm still working on this every single day. Sure. By no means am I the pinnacle of self confidence sure, in mind. Sure. Like I'm well, really just recently diving into my brain and trying to tinker around with that. But I never I've never was really confident in myself, you know, and. I would always find stuff to try to kind of prove to myself, yeah, I can do it. Yeah, you know, oh, but yeah. it wouldn't build any sustainable um, confidence. It wouldn't roll in. It wouldn't. It, I'd always just feel empty at the end. Yeah, yeah. So it was weird. I was talking to my actually, my mother was doing a little interview with me last night for her for her classwork, and she was like, "When did you decide how to fight? When did you want to fight?" Yeah. I was like, "I never wanted to fight." Like, that was never in my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. I can really remember the day I was sitting on the mats with Jay, and I'm seeing all these fighters coming through the gym. You know, like Elliot Marshall. And they're getting ready for fights. They're yeah, they're, they're coming in, in yeah. and, okay. they'll, and they'll visit and talk mm-hmm. to Jay and Mandy and train a little bit. And we'd have, like, Marcus Davis and, and Mike Brown and Elliot Marshall. And, and, and I'm like, well, these guys had to start somewhere. Yeah. And then I really remember sitting on the mat and going to Jay one day. I was like, you think I can fight? 
And without hesitation, he went, yes. Yes. But that's so confirming. It's such a powerful confirmation. You know, I mean, that is. Yeah. I mean, like, he didn't go, well, with the proper training. He, and did that. he just went like this. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because one of the, I, I, and I, for me, I think this solidified my position with him is we were, uh, Mike Gorman was fighting, uh, Paul, excuse me, Paul Gorman was fighting down in, in, in Revere, Massachusetts. And that's when the game was really young. No sanctioning bodies. Just it was in a bar, mm-hmm. Club Lido in Revere, yeah. Massachusetts. Awesome. What year is this? Oh, early, like two thousand five, okay. six ish, maybe. Yeah, sure. It's so it feels like forever ago. And um, I was backstage because when you're not confident in yourself, you're always on edge around other people. That's really you're always so. going. To look at that dude, man. Oh, look at look at that. Oof, man, I hope. Oh. Like you're always judging yourself against other people, and not even in a competitive realm. Oh, it could be yeah. in your workplace. It could be at your school. You're always you always have that stress of like he's better than me, mm-hmm. you know. Absolutely. And so I was looking at this guy. He was just giant, and he was about to fight. And I'm looking at, it, and Jay could tell that I was looking at. Him. I'm like, I'm like Jay, look at that guy, dude. Holy so the night goes on. And he comes up to me in a dead serious look. And he goes like this. Hey, his fighter dropped off. You want the fight? And it was weird. I got, I got chill bumps thinking about it because yeah. I didn't say, ah, ah. I went yeah. like this. Dude, if you think I'm ready, yes. Yes. And I think that that solidified Jay going, okay, this guy has something. This guy, this guy yeah. can do it. This guy can do you it. Believe. Yeah. No, I didn't believe. I just went, all right, Jay's asking me to do it. I believed in Jay. So you would do it for him. And I'd do it for him. And I was like, if you think I'm ready, Jay, let's do it. And then you go, no, I'm just joking, man. I was like, oh, thank God. Because inside I'm terrified. It's so good. And terrified, terrified. so You know? And I think that in in the, but getting back to the original, like, hey, I think I want to do this. I just asked him. I was like, hey, you think I can fight? He's like, yeah. And then over a period of a couple years, training and doing doing a couple grappling tournaments, Mm -hmm. I got my first fight, which was an amazing... There was no amateur fighting. Okay. I can't wait to hear about this first oh, fight. I can't wait crazy. to hear everything about it. You know, what, one thing for us at the Distance Project is I, we love training fighters because you yeah. get a kind of drive that's almost hard to replicate. Yeah. You know, someone can say, and this is not to speak against any other sport, right. but it's a certain type of drive when you're going to walk into a small arena with one other human being, and they're training to prepare to fight you. Yes. So if you're looking at a mountain racing course, you're looking at a 5K course, it isn't like, it's what it is. Yeah. And then you can train around it. Sure. If there's another human being who's working to outthink you, out yeah. eat, out sleep, out train, out maneuver, yeah. out psych, whatever it might be. It's a And those dynamics sport. are incredible. <laughs> so I can't wait to hear, first, when you felt that fear, when Jay brought that up, go deeper about what it is, right? Yeah. Because, you know, we will often say, I felt really fear, I felt really scared. Sure. Is it a, is it a fear of, Loss, the fear of letting someone down. So I have this really, I have this really, um, for me, my fear, I picture my fear. Okay. Um, And I just, I just released a a, a custom gi through Crash Kimono. I saw that. It's awesome. And it says crush the weak on the front. Yeah. Okay. I wish I could put a label on the gi and explain the crush the weak. It's so hard, right? It really is. Like people are emailing me like, bro, it's a little aggressive. But you're looking at it from Ooh. a whole different place. Right? I'm looking at a completely different place. When I see my fear, I see it as a little person inside me that goes, Hey, man, can I come hang out for a little while? 
if I open that door and let that right. he comes in yeah. and then he sits on my couch then he's taking a nap yeah. and then I'm cooking him dinner and man now he's my roommate dude I love it damn I love it you know yes. so whenever I, I see that. whenever I see that little guy I just I love that I man. crush it you know? I love that man and dude and I seek him mm-hmm. I find stuff He'll show up when you're on the edge of something really big. Yeah, and you can, and if you can come up with whatever your visualization is for your fear, mm. come up with something because it's easier to grasp onto something that yeah. you're imagining rather than just this illusion of like, okay, I guess this is the feeling of fear. Oh, okay, okay, no, picture it, picture it, yeah, and then I just love that. crush it. I almost feel like it was a Jay Jack thing. Yeah. I could be wrong about this, but we, if it was, if I did get it from him, we use it at our gym. I feel like one time he was coaching a class and he was talking about something similar. He was talking about that little demon yeah. that'll come and get in your head. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you mm-hmm. picture that little, you picture uh-huh. him, and you go, bah! And you crush just it. blow him up. Yeah. Just blow him up, because if he gets in there, yep. it gets bigger. Yep. And right? that's you where... You literally can envision it, and you just, you literally just can pull it out of the air. Exactly. Yeah, and then that's where, that, that's where the crush the week came from, I you love know? Because yeah. crush that weak person that just wants to come to your door, eat all your food, spend all your time, mm-hmm. and not do anything positive. Right. Not pay rent, not buy groceries, just yeah. be there. And you then, don't want that in your life. And then I love I love the way that we do that. You talked about seeking it though, because yeah. he'll come back when you're on the verge of something big. Yep. It's the next business venture. It's the next yeah. fight. The next step in personal growth. Yep. The next thing you haven't done before. Exactly. It's really cool. Yeah. And if you avoid him, yeah, he'll find you. Yeah, and yeah, he'll yeah, find he you does. at times that you're not prepared. Mm-hmm. And that's not good. I love that, brother. You know, a big, a big part of this idea behind courage is a skill is fear preparedness. Yeah. How do we seek it out? Prepare yeah. for everything that you're talking about. So yeah. it, it's. This is uh, this is going to be an awesome talk, dude. When when your first fight, I want to hear about what drove you to that fight card. Yeah. How you felt in training for it. How you felt yeah. walking into the, you know, into the arena and how it crazy. Went. Like, um, so Jay has been, Jay and Mandy both have been so generous, and I'm I talk about them a lot because they're pivotal in my life in the direction that I that people. I'm going and keep going, and I. Talk, even though I'm not a staple at the gym anymore because I'm doing my own gig, I'm there all the time. But I'm, I'm always seeking his, like, hey, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And uh, Jay was fighting in Hawaii at the Blaisdell Arena. Okay. Um, and fighting in Hawaii is significant for them. It's their culture. It's what they do. Um, and he was like, hey, you're, I got a couple guys that want to fight too. Throw them on the card too. Uh, so TJ Thompson, the promoter, great guy, still does a, a lot of stuff in Hawaii. Um, said sure, and Jay was like, "Dude, we booked you a fight," and I was like, "Oh, yeah. holy shit, it's gonna happen!" And how far out? Um, we were always out, always out. Okay. We were always out, and I remember because I, I at that time for the, for like a year we were prepping for it. like I would I would go, go through camps. To make sure I could handle the camps because the mm-hmm. camps are pretty significant. They, you sure. know, six weeks, eight weeks, well, however your your coach does it, of hard training. Like at the end of camp, like that 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 Monday before that Sunday before your fight, you feel broken. Like you're like, oh. and I remember saying to him, "Am I supposed to feel like this?" He's like, "Yeah." Then you do camp properly, and then now you'll rest, you'll taper, you'll move around, and then on Saturday, the fight will be the easy part. Yeah, you know. And so I did the training. The training was super, I remember being super hard. But a couple of things I, I took away from those is that I wasn't smart with my nutrition because I really didn't need to make sure. weight. Mm-hmm. 
So, and I didn't have, it's when, it's when like paleo was first hitting the scene. Oh yeah. And that was a hard time and for a lot of folks. And, and CrossFit was first hitting the scene. Yeah. And like that type of stuff was mm-hmm. first hitting the scene. Sure. So, so I would eat paleo, but it would be a power bar right. that I could identify <laughs> the seeds. And, yeah. Like, no, I could look at it and go, okay, there's a pumpkin seed, right. there's a <laughs> sesame seed, and then there's some chocolate. Paleo. Paleo. I can see what it is. You know, that's what yes. we thought it was. Yes, yes. You know, it wasn't like, if you look at a Twinkie, you go, what's all this made out of? Mm-hmm. But if you look at a, at a health bar. It's something that could grow somewhere. Yeah, in the you could look at it, like, but, but it's gold. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. You know, and then yeah. I would go, what else is paleo? Butter, paleo, cool. Right, we can right. milk cows. That's butter. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. You know, so it was a weird time. So, yeah, it was, it was funny. And then you would, like, you would make sweet treats out of paleo stuff, you know, <laughs> Oh, it's dark chocolate. Yeah. Oh, this is good. Mm-hmm. And peanut butter. Oh, both paleo. Let's eat a jar in a bag. Yes, Done. man. I, you know? Dude, I remember that. And I, rem- I remember when it went to the other side where, and I worried about this because some folks in the you know endurance world, even the fighting world, were like, yo, it's my cheat night, you know, and they'd have a sweet potato. Like, they'd have a raw sweet potato in their hand. I'm like, that's your cheat food. They're like, yeah, you know, I'm going, I'm going all out, that. man. I'm going to chow on the sweet potato. And it's, it's cool. But it, it was limiting some folks on an sure. energy level. Of so, course, of course. So blending that nutrition, finding your sweet spot. Yeah, definitely. Now, getting back to getting yeah. back to the fight. Yeah. So, and, and it's weird how these things stick. And of course, our memories are always we adjust them to what we sure. want to see. So I'm giving you kind of a loose interpretation of what my brain's trying to think of. Mm-hmm. We fly to Hawaii, and I remember Jay saying, "Hey, dude, you're flying to a fight. How does that feel?" It's like, oh, amazing. Right. You know. Yeah. Then we land in Hawaii. The first experience we get in the cab. The cabbie goes, are you guys fighting this weekend? I'm like, oh, holy yes. Yeah. And Jay's there, man, he's there. Paul's there, we're all fighting. Ah. Mm-hmm. And man, we just had a great trip in Hawaii and I got to see Jay cut weight, which was disgusting. <laughs> and then uh, me and Paul shared a room, so we had a good time. And then the night of the fight was an amazing night. It's Blaisdale Arena. It's everybody's there dog the bounty hunter was there with his his little his guy his sidekick there his nephew or whatever it was crazy and then um i remember the fight via youtube okay because you got to watch the whole replay yeah because i don't remember the fight i get cracked Mm -hmm. and i get just blasted right out of the gun didn't even really get the fight but for some reason i just kept moving forward man took him down threw some punches took his back Choked him out in one. You did. Yeah. Nice. And that was what she wrote. So I was like, wow, that's 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 fighting. And I remember on the flip, uh, plane ride back, Jay would go, how'd you like that? And I was like, that was amazing. He was like, yeah, it was amazing because you won. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And I was like, yeah. He's like, well, do you want to do it again? Yeah. I was like, yeah. So cool. You know? And How then, long was the fight itself? How long did it take? Under two minutes. Under two, two minutes. minutes, yeah. Yeah. So you prep all this time. And this is a short, short little thing. But it was crazy. Strike. It was yeah. the, the feeling of winning is just amazing. Yeah. You know? And we can definitely talk about feeling of loss here in a little bit. Well, too. I'd like to. You know, I'd love to hear that. That's <laughs> yeah. got to be something that I'm from an MMA and, and yeah, yeah. competitive standpoint. Yeah. Um, a huge part of the journey. How many fights have you done? How many? Uh, uh, three, uh, three pro fights. Three pro fights. Yeah. Possibly. And I'm yeah. Uh, two and one. And then two after my ones. last one, I decided... Um, if you'd like to hear this story, this is a this is a pretty amazing story. No, please share. Um, so I had my Absolutely. last fight. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to be able to fight on the first sanctioned card. 
uh, in Portland. Here in Portland. Okay, in Maine. this is when it first came to Maine. This yeah, is a few years so, ago, right? Yeah, yeah, so I was able to fight at the expo. Okay. Um, I was I got bumped up to co-main event. Wow. Uh, it was amazing. Um, and then um, I lost that fight, the last one. I okay. lost it. Yeah. What I, was that like? Uh, horrible. What was the fight like itself? And uh, what was first the round. Afterwards? First round. First round, I was beating him on top. It was great. I was winning. It, it was going to plan. Yeah. I take them down, smother them, punch them, take them out, punch them some more, take their back, choke them out, and win. I had the choke in, and he spins, and I'm looking at him. And I go, shit, I just lost the fight. You knew it then? 100%. Clack, clack, clack. Ten ten seconds left in the fight. I'm just trying to, punching to have the ref stop. And the ref didn't stop it. And we go to the... We go to round number two, and he just comes out and lights me up. And my brain stopped. I was just like, yeah, I lost. Just beat me up, dude. Just beat me up. And then I took the loss. Mm-hmm. You know, took it with what, with what it was. I didn't get upset. Um, and it's taken me a long time to actually talk about the, I just, my brain, I just said beat me up. Yeah. Like, like, like knowing that my brain just stopped and I gave up. Right. Because the plan didn't work. And I thought I knew it was done. Right. You know, and that was a significant thing for me. And it's only been until recently since I've started recognizing yeah. that. And then a couple weeks go by, and I go, Jay, when's the next fight? And he goes, nah. Nah. And I'm like, what are you talking about? This, this is my life. Yeah, you're right. And he's like, no, it's not, dude. You don't enjoy it. And it took a lot. I'm so glad that he went, dude, you do not enjoy it. And it took me a while what to... What do you think him. he saw? He saw me not enjoying it. He saw me he training for an MMA fight as it was a chore. Sure. And at that time, too, um, I was also transitioning competitive jiu-jitsu in the gi. You were making that transition to yeah. still competing, but competing solely yeah, in jiu-jitsu. in jiu-jitsu. And sure. he said, dude, you trained for the world for the, with a giant smile on your face. Yeah. Getting after it. Yeah. You know, uh, always intense, just... Every day you're in here drilling and training, and he's like, "Do what you love." Right. But I had such I had I had such a, a um, I guess it would be battling my ego of like, well, then what people what are people going to think about me if I don't oh, fight? Sure, sure. But I'm, so I'm a fighter. Into your identity, yeah. yeah I'm a fighter. Mm-hmm. I train at the academy. I'm a fighter. I'm a heavyweight. You know, right. I'm this and I'm that. And then he's like, "Dude, do what you love. Mm-hmm. Do I what love you love, man." Get after it. You love jiu-jitsu? Who cares? You've done fighting. You've proved yourself. The original reason you fought MMA was to see if you could do it. Right. And you did. You did it. Yeah. You Completely. proved yourself. And he took you back to that place. Yeah. That why. He why was, did I exactly. He's like, why did I start? you did it. Mm-hmm. You proved yourself that you could walk into a cage against another man that wants to rip your face off. Right. And you did it. I love it, dude. And it didn't even matter. I love it. You know? And he's yeah. like, you stood up, you put up, and you fought. Done. Move on. Love it. Go to what you love. Because here's the thing. Uh, especially, I mean, with all athletics, you see it gets to their identity. They start to hate it. They don't enjoy it, but they keep doing it. Yeah. And they do it past when they're supposed to stop. All and then it just the becomes. All the time. And then it becomes just detrimental to them. Yeah. Especially with fighting to brain damage. Yeah. Yeah, right. Body the consequences damage. consequences are so Huge. incredibly high. It's if such you, if, high if you're not dedicating and you don't have that soul focus and plan mm-hmm. of making your run and being the yeah. best in the world yeah. yeah what are you doing right 
You know, MMA shouldn't shouldn't be a hobby. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah There's totally. too many consequences. Oh, it's so high consequence. And I was listening to a sports doc that I respect a lot out of New York, and he was he was giving a talk, and he said, you know, he said I was training for um, powerlifting meet. He said I'm working with the best sports doctors. We're on the best nutrition. We're using this high tech conjugate training system. Yeah. Like we had everything dialed. He said, and we got beat by a drunk coal miner from Kentucky who came in and he was hung over and he just wanted it more than we did. He had, he had he trained in a coal mine. He, yeah, didn't get, he with the neural network that he built because yeah. he wanted to be there more than we wanted to be there yeah. gave him the ability to kick all of our asses on this stuff because yeah. he wanted it. Yeah. And that, 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 you know, and the thing that he brought it back to which is kind of cool is he said, you know, that's why doping works. Yes. And if you think about that in sport, what a significant thing, right? Like I'm getting ready for a big competition and you can do one thing that produces a response that I have the muscular force and contractile ability to exceed at a level that I couldn't have replicated right. without taking a pen. Well, neural networks and that connection is such a Huge. powerful piece of sport. Huge. So I love how you pointed out the consequence of if you're not, you're not ready to die for it, if you're not there it, 100%, you have to be. Then you lose. And, you and then be. it gets exposed. And now, sports jiu-jitsu is turning into that same thing. I'd you love to hear have more to about be, that, yeah. You have to be, to be a world champion now, you... 100% in. Sure. You can't do it on the weekends. Sure. You can't do it one hour a day in the gym. Mm -hmm. You can't do it during a circuit training. Right. You have to be committed. Yeah. And that has to be your life. Yeah. 100%. And I'm coming to that realization. Yeah, sure. You know, I'm like, cool, yeah, I'm still going to compete and I'll compete against the best in the world and I'll put up mm -hmm. and I'll get after it and I'll get some wins under my belt. Right. But man, I'm running two businesses. You recognize the world. I definitely yeah. recognize yeah. that the world championship level right. is a completely different level. I, mean, I remember when CrossFit was something that you could do yeah. competitively if you trained, you know, 100%. four times a week. You have to be 100% dialed in. Now, now you're, yeah. you know, you're doing 10-hour training days and you have yeah. massages, you have nutrition plans. Yeah, the whole yeah. world of sports changed so much. Yeah. Have you ever come across the book, um, How Emotions Are Made? I haven't. Oh, dude, you would love this book. Yeah. You would love this book. And it made me think about where you Made went to. Made a note somewhere. Yeah, I'm going to give that another <laughs> way out. It's such a phenomenal read. Nice. What it does is it works to demystify what emotion is. Yeah. So, and I, I thought about it when you talked about the feeling of being in the fight and knowing that you'd lost yeah. before anything had happened. And yeah. what it really goes into, and something we're trying to get into with the entire podcast, is like, what is fear? Where does it come from? We're attaching an emotion word to something. Yeah. Right? Because we had a prediction, and a prediction model was broken. So if you think about you know, a fight, you had a plan. Right. You predicted it would work. In that moment of a broken prediction model, it's like, shit. Yeah. That we attach that emotion word fear to it, but it could be surprise, it could be shock, it could be whatever it might Disappointment. be. Disappointment. And then we can always go back and ask ourselves in life in any way. Sure. Where is our prediction model flawed? Yeah. Right? We had a prediction of how somebody would act or be. How right. a thing would go or it wouldn't go. How do we get better about building prediction models around this stuff? Yep. I mean, even the prediction model itself, like being yeah. able to adapt if that prediction model in, in fails. Instant, in an instant, to be able to read. And not, yeah. even, and not even recognize th those emotional responses, like the fear. Because it happens unknown, in that second, right? You have to be able to go, bang, cool, we're on to a different thing. Yes. You yes. know, like I've been uh, in following, uh, following you and your ultras and stuff. I've dabbled mm, yeah, in the yeah, ultra yeah, yeah. world, you know, and mm -hmm. I love watching, I love watching the training videos and vlogs of uh, ultra runners. Oh yeah. When they talk about, I have my plan. It went to shit. Yeah. This is what I did. That's where it's. I love that. I love that myself. I think and that is a, such a rad, that sport is such a rad sport and I hope to dive deeper oh, into it. Man, we, we will, is, man. We're going to get you up really some time. It's really cool, because, man. It's really cool. I mean, I've done some 30 yeah, milers. Yeah. 
And those experiences were so cool. Incredible. Incredible. It goes incredible. Big, big mental building opportunities. Oh, 100%. And then, yeah. you know, similarly, when we talk about, like, fighting, it, it, for me, in ultras anyway, when the consequence is high, yeah. you sharpen clarity, yeah. and you learn to thrive in high-stress environments. Yeah. And when the consequence is you're on a mountain, yeah. and now it's raining, and now it's raining harder, and now it's getting dark, and did everything work, and did I have my batteries in the right place, yeah. and did I not slip on a rock, yeah. and now the consequences are getting higher because the mountains will kill you. Sure. Now you're starting to make these these. And I think those endurance athletes, I think yeah. those endurance uh, uh, um, feats like uh, like the the ultras and the go rocks and the mm-hmm. uh, and the swimming from Portland the peaks and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think that's a great opportunity just to be able to. You have your prediction model. It's mostly going to fail every time. <laughs> you know, and then you're always going to have to adjust somewhere. Like mm-hmm. nothing is going to go. Like I've never. It's funny. I've never done a jiu-jitsu tournament that went that's where I've been a hundred percent. You know, yeah, after you came up, yeah, something happened on the way, on the road yeah. to there. Asked yeah, him, like, right? the, you know, my goes. last big tournament, yeah. um, I was just thinking about where, where it went horribly wrong is I trained really hard, mm-hmm. and it was for the ADCC trials a couple years ago in uh, in New Jersey, and uh, um, went against one of the best guys in the world, Tom DeBloss. Okay. He's an amazing competitor. I was feeling so good going into that tournament, just so rock solid, and then sinus infection. Boom! Like trying to breathe and the pressure and the uh, and had to still compete. Yeah. Oh yeah. Always. You know. I mean, or I'll tweak my knee that Monday before a Mm. tournament, or I'm lifting and I pull a muscle, and you're like, oh man. But again, for jujitsu, I'm able to now. I've done it so much that I'm now not to dwell on it. Like, oh cool, just make this adjustment. Right. Well, maybe I can't work this. You know, takedown. I'll 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 play this. You know, like right now I'm battling some knee problems. Mm -hmm. You know, both my knees are kind of just starting to fall apart a little bit, and I've adjusted my game accordingly. I'm not I'm not dwelling on it. Right. You know, so I I adjust my game. We we keep going. I love that. You know, the reason we call this whole thing courage is a skill. It's you know, it's our belief that everything's everything's a skill. Resiliency is a skill. Grit is a skill. Yeah. The ability to transition, change frames really fast is a skill. Yeah. Hundred percent. You know, there's um. Are you familiar with Josh Waitzkin at all? I come across his stuff. He's a brilliant jujitsu teacher in New York. Oh, cool. And he trains with. Oh yeah, Marcia. Yeah, so he's he has the the is it the art of learning? Yeah, good book. That's really phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The chess prodigy. Yeah, yeah. He was the child searching for Bobby Fischer's face. Amazing book. Yeah. One thing he talks about, and I love this as a sport metaphor. He talks about fire walking processes. So, for example, you see somebody in a jiu-jitsu match and they overextend their arm and they get caught in a arm bar. They learned a lesson. Yes. They're going to learn a kinesthetic and physical lesson that's going to be burned into them. It's going to be harder for them or more likely that they won't make the same mistake twice. So what he takes people through that I thought was brilliant is how do we take people on the other side, in the audience who are watching it, how do we have them build the deep empathy right. to understand what that felt like on every level, physical, emotional, and really walk through that process so that you learn by watching yeah. you can feel the mistake yeah. and you're less likely to extend your arm exactly so you know before big mountain races I'll, I'll fire walk these processes of you get lost in the mountains yeah you know you you get hurt in the mountains something happens can you emotionally prepare so that when it happens you say well that was a skill that i trained for i didn't let yeah. that 
Yeah, like so the like, visualization. Yeah. Visualization, real serious, deep, empathetic. Yeah, yeah, like getting it. Like the, yeah, there's a, there's been a couple really rad studies. I can't cite them. I don't mm-hmm. know where. I read so much random stuff. We can even put like show listen. notes. We'll start to get like show yeah, notes together course. for resources <laughs> and stuff uh, like that. And I listen to a million podcasts yeah. and watch it and this and that. That's my education. Is that um, sometimes that the visualization is so as important as the actual physical training. Oh. Oh, yeah. You got to make that connection, Absolutely. you know. And if you can, if you can visualize, um, I'll say for instance, a jujitsu match. If I can visualize driving to it, the feeling I have, the environment, then nothing is a surprise. Exactly. Oh, I yeah. felt this. Before. You prepared. And deeply. if you practice that, which I still I'm practicing every day because by no means am I at the sure. uh, higher end, you know, of this brain thing. But I notice that if I really focus as I'm training. Not just on the match itself, but the, the the environment that I'm going into, the drive, the sitting a lot. That a grappling tournament, you sit a lot. Sure. Yeah. The match, the shaking of the hands, the feeling of the mat, the right. referees, the timers, right. the crazy. If I get all of that wrapped up, it's then up. nothing's a surprise. I love that. Yeah. So a, a question I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask it about uh, competing, but you can take yeah. it as deeper and as wide as cool. you want to. Where has fear in either competing or in life, where has it been a help? Where has it held you back? Yeah. So I think just until recently, fear has really held me back from a lot of things. Um, I was playing the safe card a lot, Mm -hmm. you know, with my career, with my life, with my, you know, with my athletics. I was just like, well, me, and then I, I don't know what the change was. Uh, Maybe the change was the nine to five grind. Um, I also remember when I when I originally like was starting jujitsu and I quit the youth center. Okay. Um, I was really scared to quit the youth center because how long had you been there? About seven years. Seven years. Okay. And that's a state job. Right. So that's a guaranteed income. I got my schedule. Got my health insurance. Mm. I got retirement. I got this. But then you look through your your little union book and it says. You know, seven years in, step seven. That's your number that you make per year. And I looked yeah. at that and I went, so I'm going to work all these years and I'm going to make that much? That's what right. I'm limited to? Right. Because here, So I'm going to have to live. Create. Exactly. I'm going to have to live on that. Right. <laughs> no. Right. You know, that, I remember that thought. And then I just said to my wife, hey. I think I'm just going to go, I just think I'm going to go build stuff. And this is before, we haven't even gotten into Stone Coast Jiu-Jitsu yet. No, this, this Stone Coast is recently, this point, yeah. Okay. yeah. No, and okay. I was just like, I think I'm just going to, I'm going to quit the youth center. Okay. And everybody freaked out. Sure. My coworkers. Sure, sure. My family. They're like, you're leaving a state job. Right. Do you leave right. benefits? Right. Mm-hmm. So think about this, now that I'm looking back at it. You're going to live your entire life in work in a just a a place that was killing you mm. for health insurance, right? Right. For retirement, yeah. Get out of here, yeah. Get out of here, so you, you know. It. But that was scary. Sure. Oh yeah. Owen was just born, my son. Yeah. We had bills, of mm-hmm. course. And then I just started. I started with a roofing company, and then it just excelled. And 
I got out of the, that nine to fiver and became right. my own guy and yeah, yeah. did my own thing. And You've been doing amazing stuff. Yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> At what point did Stone Coast come into play? So, so Sean, for anybody who doesn't know, runs Stone Coast Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for Kids. Yeah. The only kids-only Jiu-Jitsu center in the Northeast. Yeah, is that yeah actually, yeah. Probably, yeah. I mean, pretty close to it. And There's kids' great. programs, but this is a school dedicated just, just for, for kids. kids. What is the age range? Uh, we go all the way to four to four to at 14 15 we make the judgment head over to the academy the oh, training cool. okay. over there it's so nice to have that as, as a oh as i mean and, and literally jay jay was significant in this like he sure he gave me the curriculum he gave me my sure. jiu-jitsu yeah. he, he mm-hmm. held my hand during the process and then right. helping jay um you know run the academy and learning the back end oh, of stuff yeah, and yeah. teaching classes yeah. and learning the finer details of teaching jiu-jitsu mm-hmm. which is a completely different skill than knowing than competing in, in, knowing i can't be more in sync <laughs> with you man we always tell him like coaching and being an athlete they're different oh. you can be a coach you can be an athlete yep. you can be a coach and an athlete mm-hmm. they are not synonymous yeah. not at all not no. at all so um, he was like, hey, let's start a kids program, you know? And this was a, a number of years back. So it would start, it would get a couple kids, and then it would die out. And then it would start, and then it would die out. And then we'd had, we had a shop up in Lewiston, a gym up in Lewiston. We had a kids program that another guy was running because um, I didn't want to do it anymore. And then I went up and helped him, and then he left, and then I had it. And it's been this whole thing. So when we opened up the new spot in, in, in Portland on uh, – on Riverside Street, um, there was a kids section, kids mat, and then that's kind of like where the kids programming started. Okay, um, and it would always hover around twenty five kids. Yeah, like I couldn't break that twenty five kid mark. You know, um, and, and twenty five would come consistently. They, they would that was my enrollment. Yeah, so I get ten to twelve kids okay. a class. It, it was good. And I'd run it three days a week, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it was it was not my sole focus, right. you know, because I still compete. So I would be training hard right until kids' class, right. and then I'd, ho- I'd just roll right roll over, roll over and, make and, the transition. And, and, and start teaching the kids in my sweaty gi. And what, what a good thing for them to see, right? They yeah, come good, and and like, good and bad. Good and bad. Good and bad. So What was bad about it? Um, sweaty. Mm-hmm. Blood stain. I just, just to think that's got to be such a like. Oh, he lives it, you know. Because you look at I do, but think about being a parent and then walking it, yeah. into this place and seeing this guy <laughs> smashing people and then go, oh, "My kids," <laughs> you know. So I mean, sure. uh, perception is big, especially with parents. Sure, you know? sure. So, um, so I just started flirting around with the idea because I wanted to do my own school. Right. I wanted to teach. I got my, you know, I was a high level brown belt. I kind of wanted to do my own thing. And um, I'm a super honorable guy. Mm-hmm. And I have roots in, in, in the Portland area. So I'm not going to move. Right. I'm not going to move out of state to start my own school. So in that case, I can't open my school because I'm not going to compete with Jay. I love that. You I know said, it wouldn't I even be. I, I know it wouldn't that. even be competition. I love that you said that. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pull students, yeah. possible students, from him for my own jujitsu. Brother, I was just having you a know? conversation with. Uh, I was actually with my tattoo artist. Yeah, and we we're just talking about the exact same thing. But yeah, yeah those ethos, man, they are worth a lot. Oh, they are worth a lot. To I mean, that guy gave economy, me the people who've helped yeah. you, the people, and make sure that you're building something together. Exactly. And, and how amazingly they can coalesce and help one another yeah and so and i remember when i when when i told jay you know when i told jay hey dude i'm going to pull the kids out and i'm going to start a kids only school and Mm -hmm. he was he was like 
he was kind of shocked and kind of like, well, if if you're not gonna, if you're not gonna, you're probably the only guy that says he's not gonna teach adults that I'm actually gonna believe. Nice. You know what I'm yeah, saying? I know exactly. And that meant a lot too. I know exactly. So I will not have a kid adults program sure. at my school. Sure, they go to the academy. For they that. go to the academy mm-hmm. because that's where you're going to learn the best jujitsu. Exactly, f- yeah. you know, from him. It's you know? an incredible place. An incredible yeah. place. Incredible teacher, um, and just just the man when it comes to jujitsu and yeah. in life. You know, yeah. um, but I took that same attitude that he has with his adults program, and the same way that he teaches. And I mimicked him, and I came up with my own, you know, twist on it, which is just a, a lot less swearing. <laughs> like that. Wu-Tang clean yeah, edit, edit version. Like my Pandora station <laughs> has an edit on it, like, you know. Um, so, but I, I approached teaching kids. So I opened up the school, and... What year did, did you open? Uh, two, we're, go, we're going to be three years in August. Okay. In our location. And it's a nice little small little gym in Portland. It's mm. in the basement. It's yeah. cl- super clean and welcoming and just awesome place. Yeah. But, and I smile every time I walk into it. Yeah. And where we started with 13 kids. Yep. And now we're up over 100 students. Nice. And I can That's awesome. In three that's years. so awesome, man. Like our five-year goal was to have 100 students. Oh, and we did that's that. So cool. That's and so cool. The, and the changes that I'm seeing in kids is it blows my mind. These are the things I really want to dig into. Like what role does fear play in your students' development? How do you help them navigate that process? This is good. This is good. So being a coach, being a teacher, being a professor, because I consider my black belt as my doctorate. Sure. It took me forever to get it. Tons of testing, Mm -hmm. putting myself out there, big tests. And Jay doesn't give out belts. You know, very very easily from what I've heard. No, no, no. You really have to. Burn. You earn every single part of that belt. Sure. Um, so when I started teaching the kids, I was like, "Dude, you got to live the life. If you're telling these kids to do this, this, and this, and this, you have to do that." Mm-hmm. You have to play that life. Dude, I can't tell a kid that he just needs to eat some good nutritious food and then stop on the at, at <laughs> a Irving on the way and home. grab a candy bar and a soda. Right. Dude, yeah. what kind of, yeah. You're lying. Yeah. That's not going to feel it. good. Mm-hmm. You know, so when I was really diving into the kids, it's like when I was really changing myself too. Right. It, it, and, it, and it's cool how, we, how the kids have taught me. That not that amazing? That's amazing. <laughs> you know, yes, so. absolutely. So. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll pick a couple of kids out as an example. You know, I've had some kids that, I have one kid that um, was a super, he had super bad anxiety. Sure. Scared of just everything. Wore a hood in class. Wow. A hoodie. Sure. And man, we just worked, worked through That's it. That's the real deal, man. And That's just amazing. Every, every once in a while I'll be like, hey, pull the hood back a little bit more, man. Check this out. Watch. Watch what will happen. I was like, once that hood comes off, man, you're a superhero. And so, come off a little bit more. Come off a little bit more. We're good. And the kid, and the kid's coming in. Hey, Coach Durfee did his first test, which is a crazy thing. That's where the kid stands up in front of everybody. Takes so much courage. Oh, and in the in the in the in the the, amazing. I think as and I wish parents could could work with this as well. Is just a lot of times I see uh, see parents. 
kind of like enable that fear. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. You know, yeah. I mean, even with just like facial stuff, like, yeah. you know, uh, are you sure? It's, you know, you create, and, there, and there's uh, a lot of uh, the culture that I, uh, the, the trust that I build with the parents as I don't take that lightly. I, I literally say, Hey guys, I got this. Yeah. Let me just do some work here. It might look uncomfortable for you, but I, it's going to help here. You know? So a kid's super scared and he's, eh, we're going to, we're going to increase him on the mat. Hey bud, I'm with you, man. We got this together. I love that. And it's just a consistent reinforcement. Mm-hmm. And I think for a kid to battle fear, it's just, oh, just super positive reinforcement of all the little actions they're taking towards conquering that. Even if it's taking two more steps on the mat. That's it. Even if it's taking two more steps on the ball field. Mm-hmm. Even if it's like writing an extra page in their book report. Like yeah. you get, it's every little tiny step needs that, hey, good job. I love that. You know, you talked about kind of enabling anxiety or enabling fear because yeah. all of us, we, we, we get reinforcement from yeah. one another. We do something, we get a response. You yeah. push, you get a push back on everything you do. So yeah. it's so and cool that you're helping to push them towards the fear that the parents fears. have too. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. No, the fear that the parents have too, man, is that like so many people, I see adults that walk around in that, in that stressed out judging. Oh God. Oh God. And it, you can kind of see how, 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 how the adults are, are, are having that impact on the kids oh, because it trickles the playgrounds down. are, the playgrounds are empty. You know, yeah. the, the bike paths are empty. The ball fields are empty because the parents are like, the world's a scary place. Let's, we're going to bring it back in here. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So I remember, start there. I remember yeah. our culture, you know, with in, 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 by no means, by no means were like my parents, the stand up parents, but their fear mm-hmm. was not on me. Their fear was, how are we going to pay the bills? Yeah. How are we going to keep this car? They had their own things that they exactly. were moving Exactly. So I overcome. Exactly. So, so as a parent, yeah. as a parent, you know, they were like, yeah, go out. Go out with your friend. And you like, have to do your own thing. Exactly. Develop mm-hmm. in a bad way, but hey, we can't, we Learned. overcame that. Oh, yeah. But I could see parents back when I was growing up, and here I feel like that back in my day, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> but I think the fear was directed in other places. Now, now we're so comfortable with everything. Just security. We have, we have the amazing. we have Amazon for grocery shopping, oh, so we yeah. don't need to worry about that. Mm-hmm. We have this in just. The ease. So the fear now needs to go, well, now I don't have a fear of providing the roof and the groceries and this and that. What can I focus on now? Yeah. Oh, my kid. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, Johnny, we, we got to get off that playground. Mm-hmm. Listen, it's getting dark. You know, hey, make sure you wear every single piece of padding equipment for your bike. Oh, yeah. You know, which is great. We, whatever. But, I mean, a helmet will do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, it, it's amazing to see. But if parents can start working on their fear... Oh, so much. We can directly influence kids, man. Huge. It's, it's huge. And I think if we can all as a society ask better questions, because there should be plenty of good things to be scared of. What if I don't live a life that fucking drives me crazy sure. to fulfill it in passion? What yeah. if I don't live a life that provides value? What if I don't change my, yeah. my neighborhood? There's a lot of things, enough to do, yeah. that should scare us and push us like that little dude comes right. out and says, hey, you're on a, the verge of a growth environment here. We grow or shrink. Uh, yeah, Sarah exactly. Tangretti on the last episode talked a lot about shrink or grow. Yeah. There's no staying still, man. You shrink or you grow. No, I was, I was, yeah. uh, actually, my mother's doing some nutritional uh, 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 college work. So she's doing some mm-hmm. interviews with athletes and that kind yeah. of stuff. And, and we were talking about diet. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you're always, for me, anyways, you're always going to have that little tiny stress. You're going to be a little hungry, mm-hmm. you're going to be a little tired. 
Okay, not too much. Yeah. Just a little bit. A little bit uncomfortable. But that's good. Guys, yeah, absolutely. Because if you're comfortable, stuff's shutting off. Oh, man. it's If it's you're absolutely. full and you're laying all the time, yeah. gross stuff, hormones, all mm-hmm. this stuff is just shutting down. Nothing's progressing. It's amazing. And Your it's body amazing goes, I'm form. dead. You know, people will ask when they see us at the gym, we'll jump in an ice bath, yeah. a sauna. We'll go, and like, why are you doing that? Yeah. And it never occurred. It's not about suffering. It's no. about, like, we're adaptive. Yes. And we have to stress adaptive systems. Yes. Otherwise, we decrease their ability to be yes. resilient to adaptation and yes. stressors. So it's like, man, where do you find your stress? Pick your stress. Stress is a skill. Huge. Yeah. And, and being able to work with it. Yes. Like, I've just come to recently, and this was a weird realization because, you know, in my in my recent endeavor that I've been working on with my physique. I can't do it. I wanted to go here right now. What, <laughs> yeah, do you, yeah. what is the next big thing that you're training for, which is coming up, what, next week? Uh, Saturday. Oh, man, let's go. Yeah, Tell me about so... Um, so getting back to like uh, insecurities and fear, I've yeah. always been really insecure about my body, mm-hmm. yeah, even as an athlete, yeah. even as a high-level athlete. I'd always keep my shirt on mm-hmm. to the last second. Mm-hmm. And that was my Ask Jay. One of my biggest things with fighting was taking my shirt off. Right. You know, right. you could see one of my, I had a Muay Thai fight mm-hmm. um, uh, and you can see him. He pulls my, my, my fight trunks up way over my gut because I was like, yeah. I was like, dude, cover my belly, cover my belly, you know? Right. So, right. so. In order for me to be comfortable with that and to get comfortable with my body and to face that little guy inside and crush him and kill him, yes, I was like, well, what's the one thing I can do to really overcome that? Oh, I know. Oh, let's do a physique competition. This is it. Dude. This is amazing. Dude. Let's stand up. I was so excited for her. I thought this was awesome. Let's stand up in front of people yeah. that are literally judging yeah. how your muscles are defined. And crush that. Under lights right. with an audience. Right, right, right. I love it. Let's do it. I love that, man. You know? And it's scary. And yeah. it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I'm nervous. And I'm like, yeah. oh, my God. And, you know, it, it's just crazy. But training for this, I did something. You know, because a lot of people uh, in the fitness community, in the diet community, in the CrossFit community are all about... You gotta suffer. You gotta suffer. You gotta crush your body. Right. You to beat it down. Get after it. Mm-hmm. You know the 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 you know never quit. Da, 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 da. And one night, remember the really warm night that we had in January? Yeah, I do. It was like sixty five degrees was here around here. Yeah, yeah it was. A great I went night. for a run. Yeah, and it was after a long day. Literally, I'm up at five. Mm-hmm. I build houses. I run the school. I train, and then I'm home at eight. So I got done running the school and teaching my classes. And I said, I still got to do cardio. Well, it's January and it's 65 degrees out. I'm doing it outside. I go for a run. And for some reason, I went, dude, I love you. You're a good dude, man. And that literally changed everything. Amazing. Really weird. Yeah, amazing. About how amazing. We're always Changing like, mindset. we're always like, you got to crush yourself, dude. Like, like yeah. my nutritionist, awesome guy. Right. But he literally said when we first started this, get ready to starve. And you're thinking, I'm like, that, that's no, yeah. but I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, awesome. We to, right. Low calories. Right. right. Suffer right. through right. this. But then I go, what if we, I just said, yeah, I love you, man. Uh, dude, I could And look at it as a positive thing. More, like, bro, you're going to have such an advantage with them. I love that. Dude. Yeah. I love that. Like treat the, yes. treat the nutrition as like, this is my body, man. I love it. Dude. I'm not, crushing it i'm not making it suffer i'm loving it i'm changing it for the better whenever i hear coaches in the world of 
of anywhere. I think we talked about this once, but people are like, you know, this is going to be a suffer fest, yeah. a brutal workout. Yeah. Get ready to suck it up. Yeah. I'm thinking that mindset already has you have beat. I, yeah. come to, I go to the mountains. I love the mountains. Yeah. I love to run fast and hard in the mountains. I've never suffered in the mountains. I love yeah. that shit. Because you know? you're doing it because you love you yourself. Love it. Yeah. And then you're, you're the one just going yeah. by because you're loving yeah. in your in a present moment that you're experiencing something really, really beautiful. While somebody else is sucking it up, that's right. competitive. And this is, you know, advantage. this physique, this physique yeah. I've been, we did a 12-week prep. Okay. And I've been working on it since September 2016. You are doing amazing when I stuff, went, dude. Thank you. Uh, when I went to Mike, uh, Mike Foley uh, okay, for yeah. the first time, my nutritionist and my coach. Um, and I was doing it to get into a lower weight class with jiu-jitsu and just kind of like, and then I really did the same thing as I went with Jay. I went with Mike when I decided, hey, maybe I can do this. Mm-hmm. You know, how can I get over this? I went, Mike. You think I can do one of those uh, bodybuilding shows? And he looked at me and he went, "Yeah." I was like, "Oh, sweet, awesome, let's do it, man!" And then he's like, "Yeah, it's gonna be hard, you know, because I started such a deficit. I started at like, I started out in like the high twenty percent for body fat, Mm -hmm. and uh, this Friday I was like seven, eight. That's amazing, dude. You know, so I've never, I've never had abs. I've never had definition. I've always been athletic. You posted something on Instagram the other day. It's just this testament to hard work, training. Can I tell you that that post? It, that was I, know, I know people an incredible post people like I love Instagram and stuff I think it's great and people get such a you know a selfie culture like yeah, take sure. a picture of mm-hmm. myself but man I can't tell you when I took that picture and I shared that yeah how fucking awesome that was. That was a test. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I mean, yes. yes, I'm looking for validation from the outside public, sure. but it was for me to go, look. You got where you Here's my to body. Go. Usually people pay me to take my shirt off, mm-hmm. i.e. a promoter for a fight. Right, right. Or I'm in a gi. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I'm always covered yes, up. It's just Here, you look at me. putting it out there. You know? You and, I, and I remember telling my wife, I was like, hey, I'm going to post it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, all right. Yeah. Like, we've been planning it. Yeah, like, yeah, it was like yeah. a big, like, Ta-da! Yeah. And it just—it's such a cool thing, man. It's, it's an just, amazing. It is, thing. You know, I know, I know it's vanity, and I know it's, but it's also this: I haven't felt better other than being hungry mm-hmm. and tired and irritable because I'm on super low calories yeah, and yeah. a lot of work. It's not a—it's—it's it's not a sustainable thing. It's for a competition, you know, for a purpose. It comes next week, and then you and then we dial it back up. We mm-hmm. add the calories. You'll add a little bit more body fat, but we're still good. Yeah, you know. Sure. But the. But the way you feel yourself when you I feel like you, I'm waking up early in the morning. I got my mm-hmm. plans and like the predictability plan. Like everything is amazing. You know, and one thing I love about the fact that you're actually taking it to a stage. You know, we talk about in the Brave program. What are the fears that we can overcome with simply a change in mindset? Yeah. What are the fears that we have to overcome through a change in action? And what are the fears that require both? Yeah. And what you did is you said, this is a fear that requires action. Yeah. I can't just change my mindset. I actually no. have to take it onto a stage, no. do the action. I, I don't remember who said that. I just heard it recently. It's not, it's not your thoughts who define you. It's your actions. It's your actions. Yeah. I can think all day long about getting in better shape, loving myself, building a better relationship, building an awesome business. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, if there's no action with those thoughts... Nothing changes. Do we got nothing? And then you're right back to the same, you know, like the power of positive thinking. Yes, but it always should be the positive power of uh, a positive, the power of positive thinking slash action, 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 action. Together, like that should be like I don't know, like how can we make like think action as one word uh, in the, dic- in the dictionary? Yes, there can't be a disconnect. You gotta live. There it. can't be a brother. disconnect. 
Bro, this yeah. was such an inspiring conversation. Cool, man. man. I'm loving what you're doing. I'm inspired by what you're doing. The last question that we ask everybody, and yeah. this kind of helped me think about, hey, what are you doing next even after this? Sure, sure. Is what would you do if you had no fear? What would you do today? No fear. Hmm. That's a really good question because a lot of the, the, lot of the stuff that I do is based on the fear. I <laughs> seek it out and go, I'm doing that, I'm doing that, I'm doing that. Right. Um, uh, this is just starting to pop into my head. I'm having this super draw to 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 help people more than just my local community. I've been I, I really want to go and I, I have to somehow facilitate this and I'm starting to change like the actions. I really want to to, to be able to travel and help people around the world. Nice. Uh, I have a big draw, you know, I'm a carpenter. I get built so I have a really big draw to Africa. I really want to go to Africa uh, and help and, and help Rebuild communities, establish communities. I really want to teach jujitsu in other countries and share this. Um, but the fear is, I have my school. Now you have other who things. Can, who can I trust with my school? Right. Yeah, because um, I it's hard with, with jujitsu and my mm-hmm. kids. Like it's my. I got to make sure I'm the one responsible for the information. Right. I want yes. that. I love it. You know. Um, and other than that, I'm like, well, then the money thing. How can I? S- you know, and then my son traveling too. Is that going to work? Is mm-hmm. my wife going to follow me? Like how? Without f- no fear, we're no out. Fear you we're out. We're traveling, <laughs> yeah. man. I'm sleeping yeah. On, yeah. in hammocks, yeah. going bouncing from community to community. You know, and I hope, I hope once uh, everything, you know, O Dog is up. My, I call my son O Dog mm-hmm. Owen. Once he's out of high school and he's doing his own gig and we're kind of chilled out, you know, I'm trying to build my life so we're not trapped in that nine to fiver. Mm. Like I'm not worried about my 401k. And you open my, up doors down the line. Yeah, exactly. Because I never got to travel when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I really want to do that. But now I'll have the skill set rather than just hitting the bars around the world. I'll be able to build you the bars the around skills. the world. I love, you know? love it. You know, so I love that show. Without fear, that's what that's what I would definitely look forward to. Well, brother, in closing, where can people listening find out more about what you're doing at um, at Stone Coast in uh, on Instagram? Yeah, so um, so we have a couple. Um, Stone Coast is stonecoastbjj.com. Um, it's a great little website. I do most of my stuff via Facebook and Instagram for Stone Coast. Uh, so you can just do a hashtag Stone Coast Kids. Um, or you can look up Stone Coast BJJ on Instagram and Facebook, and then uh, Sean Durfee at Instagram. I do most of my stuff off Instagram. I love it, brother. Yeah. Cool. Thank you so much. Yeah, dude. For Again, being part of this. That's awesome. Yeah, super fun. That's awesome, man. And we're out. Mm-hmm.